Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. It's talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever is on your mind. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Lori. And Nikki. And we already have a caller, so I'm going to go straight to the phones. We have Alu here in New Hampshire on the line. Alu, what's on your mind? Hi, what is on my mind is I want to respond to a great debate that's very important that Richie Vance and a few others and Dave Ridley got into a few nights ago. I'm not sure if you guys listened, but pretty much Dave Ridley and Richie Vance got into a heated argument about nuclear weapons. And Dave Ridley, who, from the Ridley Report, a big, long-time, amazing New Hampshire liberty and peace activist and independence activist, even though he's a voluntarist, I believe, he believes that nuclear weapons should not be legal. And he indicated he would support government force being used against those who had nuclear weapons because they're so dangerous and they have no legitimate use. I don't know um, if he specifically the, said use. government force, but he definitely said force of some kind. So I guess yeah. that would mean like in the absence of the state, like for like local people getting together to use force to remove the nuclear weapons, like I assuming like for the greater good or to, you know, to to keep them out of the wrong hands, so to speak. And of course, yeah, Richie sure. Rich did not like that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that they both kind of did not address what the, the primary issue is, which is. Is there a real, clear, present danger to others? And we actually, on libertyblock.com, we wrote an article. Mike Sanello, I believe, primarily wrote the article years ago, and I'll send it to you guys. But pretty much what it said was, yes, obviously the Second Amendment and natural rights includes the natural right to own anything, including nuclear weapons. Now, practically speaking, on a practical level, forget, you know, the Constitution and laws and principle, practically speaking, no human can get a weapon because it'll cost the nuclear weapon would cost you, I believe, billions. Decades of research from like dozens or hundreds or thousands of PhD scientists with you know an unbelievable amount of training. That's why, like Dave Ridley indicated that like states could acquire them and people couldn't, but they didn't really under- mention Mexinello, who's very smart, went into it. The amount of like what you would need it's not like an Air 15. You would need like tremendous facilities and development and decades of hundreds of PhD scientists and, you know, I think like billions of dollars to get it. Now, on principle, I would support banning, you know, uh, criminalizing nuclear weapons only if it was dangerous to others. And by that, I mean radiological material. I'm not an expert in radioactive plutonium, 
But the basics is some some materials are so radioactive that even kept in your house through the walls, it will kill your neighbors. So if your neighbor is dying or at real risk of dying just by you owning it, it's not like an AR-15. I can own an AR in my house, and I do, and it's not killing my neighbor. But the nuclear material, if you don't have, like, I don't know, a 10-foot steel wall or whatever box, it will literally kill your neighbors. Then I can understand using force against the yeah. person because they violate it. Because think about um, what's needed to contain, like in the um, case of like a nuclear power plant, all that is required to contain uh-huh. the, that nuclear, whatever it is, um, material. I mean, I'm assuming the average person wouldn't have access to that. Yeah. Um, so I do understand that. Um, well, what and about I agree a group you, of Alu? people, Alu? What about if a group of people were getting together and they wanted to make a nuke and they just didn't even have very good practices? It was... Leaking out to their neighbor's house. What, what should be done then? Like we treat anything else. How do we treat um, smoking in someone's face, toxic mm-hmm. gases, you're Punch putting you. DX gas in someone's face? That's a violation of the NAP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there could be some gray area or some litigation to be had about how close does the smoke have to be to them to be a NAP violation. But I think Richie, Rich, and Dave were both kind of missing the primary issue of what the NAP is as far as is are you harming someone else? It's not about the nuclear weapon having no legitimate use. That was I was very disappointed to hear Dave Ridley say anything that doesn't have a legitimate use shouldn't be legal. Well, because, one thing know, I can say can argue anything um, about the legitimate use thing is, well, do you agree that it has no legitimate use? Because I think I do. I don't know what legitimate means, but also who decides. Here's what legitimate means. Well, here's what I mean by that. Legitimate means... I can never have the right to nuke a city because an entire city can never wrong me. A person can, a group of people can. The odds that an entire city are going to actually harm me and I need to defend myself against them, I don't think that's even possible. Well, I think another point... On principle, you cannot ban a person from owning anything. I don't care how you think about that thing. I yep, agree, I, obviously. I don't think banning is the answer either, but I also see yeah. where Ridley is coming from with no legitimate use. Yeah. But does that mean I shouldn't be able to own... It, just I should be able to own whatever I want, whether it has a legitimate use or yeah. not. So, and I think that was part of Richie Rich's point was... I should be able to have this thing just because I want to. Mm-hmm. And if you try to take it from me because you don't want me to have it, that means you are aggressing on me and I will do what I need to do to protect myself against you. Because technically that is the person that is aggressing in this case. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, an I innocent think- person with a nuclear weapon. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous <laughs> because it's like, why would you, how would you, you know what I mean? But yeah, but if you're not doing anything wrong, no, yeah. If you're not, you're not hurting anyone with it, then yeah. yeah I, I mean, and really that was the point issue. is you're it's, not in the wrong debate. until you've done this, something, you've, something wrong. You've done something wrong. Exactly. So just owning the thing isn't, being in the wrong once you harm somebody with that thing right, right. that's that's thought crime territory mm-hmm. yeah so but it does get yeah. very i mean i, I think the, the, before we have any debate and again dave and richie didn't do this before you have any debate you have to clarify which realm you are arguing in is it constitutional is it practical or is it principled on principle yes 
practically speaking, yes, you know, you shouldn't have a nuke. I would not recommend my friend get a nuke. But on principle, you have the right to own anything unless you hurt someone with it. Um, you know, possession is not a crime, only, you know, an act of aggression is a crime. So constitutionally, yes, the Second Amendment says you can have nukes. So you have to, you know, it depends which realm you're arguing. And are you arguing what's a good idea to have and carry? Um, then I would say you shouldn't have a nuke. If you argue constitutionally or principledly, yes. So, and again, I, in, in my book, The Pocket Guide to Killing Gun Control, I try to go through those three arguments. And I explain the constitutional, principled, and practical argument because they're, they're different realms. Do you bring up nuclear weapons in your book specifically? I believe I do mention it okay. either in it or in an appendix to the book. And yeah. I say, like, on principle, yes, but practically, no. And they're, and constitutionally, yes. So there, there are different ways to argue it. Um, personally, I like the principled argument better because it doesn't depend on other factors like the Constitution or the practical statistics. But when you say practically, no, do you mean that, I mean, like, how would we stop, how would I stop someone I don't know in, like, northern New Hampshire who want, has it in, like, it's Richie Rich. He moved to northern New Hampshire. He's all alone. He didn't tell anyone his plans, and he's up there getting a new Yeah, practically, like, I don't have any, any good ideas for disarming them, no. Hmm. But, I mean, not quite that practical. Practically speaking, would I recommend to my friend Bonnie to acquire a nuke? I would say no, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. Yeah, so um, I think like advice wise, yeah. like if you yeah, have yeah. one, I won't do anything about it. But I would, if somebody was asking my opinion, I'd probably advise that they don't do that. <laughs> and that comes yeah, to that you is- know like um, campaigns, like campaigning against people making nukes stuff yeah. like that. Like you can influence people. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's point. how normal people handle things, right? Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to create laws and regulations and ban things. You can just be like, hey, this is a dumb idea. And if you do it, you know, we're going to yeah, shun you or whatever. Point, and I definitely mentioned this in the book. Another important point is when people like statists say, how can you trust people like those crazy people like Nikki and Bonnie to have nuclear weapons? Just say, okay, currently, what's the current status quo? You always got to compare stuff to the status quo. Right now, people like Biden and Xi Jinping and Putin and stuff have nukes. Mm-hmm. How much do you trust them? And everyone will admit they trust Biden and Trump and Xi Jinping and um, Kim Jong-un and Putin less than they trust Bonnie and Nikki. You know, everyone in the world would agree to that. So <laughs> Hopefully. Like, look at the status quo. I mean, like, like we don't trust them with the nuclear weapons, and that's who currently has them. And it's yeah. the same with all weapons. So, like, that's it's the status quo. And right now, the most violent, evil, psychotic yeah. people have those weapons. And if I were to guess, I would think that most people would prefer that no one had nuclear weapons. And at the very least, that, like, these evil politicians, dictators, definitely. Like, no one wants... I, I'm generalizing here, but I'm assuming the majority of the population of the world doesn't want Kim Jong-un to have nu- access to nuclear weapons. You know what I mean? Does he of for course. sure? Do we know he does? Or is that just like something he said? I don't know. And I don't trust anything. And I definitely don't trust when people say they have or don't have. And the disarmament crap and the deal, the Iran deal, um, and saying they're only going to develop or, or um, enrich certain amounts of plutonium and, and whatever other uranium. I don't trust any of this in any sense whatsoever for a millisecond. So if they say they're going to cut back by 30% every two and a half years, um, the amount of nuclear material, blah, blah, enrichment and development, I don't, I don't care because I don't believe anyone yeah. in government. So it, like, I'm not, that's why I'm, I don't get into the whole Iran nuclear deal of Obama, Trump and Bush and Clinton and all that stuff. I don't trust anyone, not in Iran, not the, not the right, left, Israel, Hamas, government, whatever, China, Russia, Iran, Hezbollah, <laughs> United States government. I don't trust anyone. They're, yeah. they're all liars. Yeah. Um, so I, I could assume they all probably have nuclear weapons. I assume they're not going to slow down their development. That's BS. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Iran nuclear deal of Obama saying the deal says they promise not to develop more than a small amount over the next 20 years. And, and Trump was saying, oh, let's cut the deal up because, you know, maybe they will develop over 20 years or 25 years. And I'm like, dude. 
you can't trust any of them. The deal itself that everyone said was great. It said that the Iran themselves can inspect it, or you have to give them like a massive notice of like weeks or months before you inspect their facilities. So you give them time to you know cover things up anyway. So the whole thing, and I don't trust the inspectors anyway. It's all a sham. It's all BS. I don't trust. So the disarmament crap in the agreements they've readily mentioned. There's a great thing. A lot of countries have agreed to not ha- have nuclear weapons. Yeah, those countries that signed it already don't have nukes, so they don't you know lose anything. And the countries that have nukes didn't even sign it. They didn't even pretend they're going to get rid of nukes. nukes they, they really? Don't. I didn't so, know that. I didn't realize so that part yeah. of it. Yeah, so what's I think the that's point? What they were saying, yeah. I'm sure that there's <laughs> yeah, enough already all, out there to destroy yeah. the world oh, absolutely. over and over and over again. Yeah. So why are they even making more? I'm sure just the United States alone has enough nuclear weapons to and blow up the Actually, the other Earth. thing yeah. that I hadn't even like it hadn't even popped in my brain yet is the fact that the United States is harming us and other countries by nuking at the rate of since the 80s about one nuke a week and if you don't know what i'm talking about testing they test them and it does add up and it harms the environment and us in our lives so now i think of it it's like that's happening right now and nobody's yet like trying to disarm them that was one of the things i kind of mentioned when um they were having this debate on sunday because uh because one of richie rich's points was Okay, well, if I have access to like, you know, however many miles I need in the desert to test this thing, then I should be able to blow it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And part of my point was, well, you don't actually know the consequences of that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know the effects of that. You don't know how it's going to affect other people. So and it's it's a gray area because since we don't have that knowledge, I mean, you, you should assume that the radiation going into the air and the sky probably is going to harm people right to think that it's not getting absorbed into rainwater and falling yep. down elsewhere yeah. Silly. a lot of the time they yeah. do it like a mile up in the sky or maybe not a whole mile but still up in Where, the sky wherever they're doing and, and it. it will definitely come out of the rain yeah, um, absolutely yeah so. i used to live on a military base called dugway proving grounds and it they didn't test nukes there but they tested biological weapons and kids i knew that lived there in the early 2000s they remember the day they had to run inside because there was a um an alarm going off and oh, they saw birds fl- falling from the sky. It's like uh, the hills have eyes, where all those people I've are like mutated, it. and I, or maybe they were inbred. I forget, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, but I'm sure there's some movie <laughs> where you know that was a bad example because they're inbred and not mutated from nuclear weapons. And also, but in even the- Chernobyl, like think about Chernobyl. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was just a nuclear power plant exploding. Yeah, yeah, yeah melting and down or whatever. It, the whole entire land within a certain radius was completely polluted and it looks like it's snowing all the time just because well it's healthier now than it was before before it exploded but still no one lives there there. because no one lives there yeah that's probably true but Um, the wilderness has taken it back over and um the other thing is that happened at dugway proving ground it's still not a nuke but it's just the same idea the government using these crazy weapons and testing them it's still it can harm people without them literally dying in an explosion um i don't know what they tested but 2,000 goats and cattle around Dugway Proving Ground died in the 90s, I think it was, if not like the 80s. And um, it was like all these farms that owned all these this cattle and the government was like, we are not taking responsibility, but we will pay you for all your goats. So they had paid them for all of their, you know, goats or whatever like, that died all at once. We're not officially taking yeah. responsibility, but we will bribe you just so you don't make a big deal out of losing yeah, all of your cattle. NDA. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. And, probably. And, and another, so the thing that Richie did mention, which I think has a good point, is torts. 
which is a civil lawsuit, you know, for damages. So he said, after the fact, if I use it, you can you can use torts to to uh, you know be made whole as far as restitution and stuff. Um, and I think that has some merit to that. Of course, with governments like with Chernobyl, I, the government has sovereign immunity, which is from common law from the king. You know, the king can't be sued because the judges are all you know part of the king's government back from Britain, and the, and the federal government surprisingly took you know they kept that tradition going, where you can't sue the government unless they allow you to sue them, which they almost never do, but Congress has passed a few laws where you can sue the government for certain things, but for the most part, you can't sue the government, whereas if one of us dropped a nuke, at least those people could sue us if they could prove they were damaged, whereas like Chernobyl or, or um, you know, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, whatever, they can't sue the federal government for that, or even if they nuked us, we couldn't sue them because they are the government, we, we, and they have absolute immunity. We cannot sue them. So that's another big thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, the governments are definitely the most dangerous and worst people we want having nukes in their hands and they're the ones that have it right now so it's scary yeah. i can't see how it could get any any worse and and the other thing about it is the government has to like really hoard wealth in an unnatural way i feel like the average person who makes a lot of money isn't like also gonna want to kill the whole world you know it's like oh yeah. i've made all this money all i want to do with it is <laughs> i i just really think that you'd you'd have to there'd be such a small percentage of people that have even the ability to make a nuke because it's expensive and then on top of that how many of those are going to be psychopaths yeah like yeah, i feel like likely likely Bezos and, and musk want to kill everyone in the world yeah, like Musk might, uh, might must would sorry Musk would be able to if he wanted to right now probably like he could probably like go get himself a private island or whatever and make nukes right now. He's a multi billionaire. I'd argue but that it turns out that him and Bezos both enjoy having seven billion potential customers. That's why they wouldn't kill him. Right. All what the, were you saying? All, all the powerful people are psychopaths already. Yeah, kind of, it's kind of part uh, but of the job maybe now because they have to uh, like be in this cutthroat step on people to get where they are a type of position but i feel like if we had you know no governments free markets i don't think that every rich person would be like they are now like musk i might also be. don't think that jeff bezos is like a super villain though that would want to nuke the world like he's probably a psycho and he's definitely a weirdo but i don't think oh, no. <laughs> i mean yeah, hopefully he's not all psychopaths are violent yeah yeah he gets the money that's the other thing it's like yeah he has incentive to not Right. Kill us all. He so I guess that's cool. I th- I read something that said he makes every thirteen seconds, uh, like one point seven million dollars, which is the average person's huh. earnings over a lifetime. Whoa! Huh. Well, that's intense. That is crazy. And what it's do you just even like, do with that? You know what I mean? Why Buy do nukes, these? I guess. It's too much money. How would you even spend it? Why do yeah. these super super rich people always end up getting with these? creepy looking oh i forgot that you like grimes but these creepy looking <laughs> but she is creepy looking no that's true yeah i, super, I like that plastic surgery gross like um jeff bezos's like wannabe cowboy I've, girlfriend she's gross and i've never seen her why don't before, they just want to date a normal girl I, I don't know. I assumed Elon Musk was just like so into like technology that he wanted like a Android. Techno, a techno android girlfriend. You know, I feel like she's just like an ugly, super messed who up else? looking face. But like, who person. else is going to let him name his kid the crazy stuff, like the, the airplane name? I think lots it, of people. He has a lot of money. I was going to say, yeah, maybe. Yeah. she's just <laughs> autistic. Right. She's not like that special. She's just autistic. He could find a pretty cool, nice autistic girl and then name his kid Aeon three seven thousand or whatever. Sorry, all loaded. Was that all you had to say about the nukes uh, conversation? 
Yeah, but before I go, I have to go in a second, but I wrote an article for Liberty Block late last night, or like mm-hmm. 3 a.m., and um, there are three bills, um, one of them is bipartisan, but mostly Democrats, in the New Hampshire House that were heard today in the committees, actually, um, that would essentially ban all free speech, including possibly every meme, picture, post, video, and any other kind of content in the universe, as long as someone said they're objectionable or harmful to kids or don't have any redeeming qualities or, liter- or literary or artistic value. In New Hampshire? Um, yeah. Whoa. So check terrifying. out the article. Yeah, there are three bills. Um, I think House Bill 1500, 1710, and 12. Where, where is it published if I again? Correctly, libertyblock.com. Libertyblock.com. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, so very concerning art, very concerning bills. Um, I, I think they were all smacked down pretty hard. The committees will probably recommend killing them, but you should send an email and do a remote testimony anyway to say you support free speech. Yeah, absolutely. So their hearings already happened? Yes, they were all at noon and one today. I okay. didn't even hear about that. I'm surprised. Because I know. Um, I kind of only hear about health freedom stuff usually. That's like what piques my interest. So I know Nick, there was a you don't read Liberty Block every day. I do. I do read LibertyBlock.com every day. But you didn't read it since three a.m. this morning. No. <laughs> so it's been almost all day. I, I can't understand tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was one. Um, I think I don't know if it was today or um, about circumcision, where they were going to make it so Medicaid did not cover circumcision. So if you want to circumcise your kid, you have to pay for it out of pocket. Um, and then the second one about circumcision was that the surgeons or the providers would have to give explicit informed consent of all yes. of the possible. I saw that. Yeah. It was a lot of compelled speech saying they have to you know, yeah. give a lot of notices and warnings yeah. to people. And I'm glad Which is, Bonnie and some other principal yeah. libertarians opposed it. To, to I agree speech. with Alu on this. I, I think it's a bad bill. Um, the Why? second one, definitely. I hadn't heard about the first one or read it, but the second one that you mentioned, um, I don't like the idea of getting in between a doctor and their patient. I, I don't think that doctors should have to tell you anything before you get an abortion. I don't think doctors should have to tell. I think that if you want to choose a doctor that does that type of thing, you should research your di- so. doctor. Um, Most people don't con- research, though. Informed consent their, is best practice. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, and um, it's cosmetic you should, surgery. Like, there should yeah, be doctors so. that are able to like put on their website, like, I'm all about com- informed consent, yeah. blah, 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 and whatever you want yeah, done, we're going to have this conversation. This. But this is also, this isn't doctors. This is hospital policies, which, I mean isn't really like a provider to patient relationship that is like essentially like most hospitals accept a lot of money from state and federal governments. So it is kind of like not but that's really still on the side of like, what should the government tell them what to do instead of being well, like, they're not oh, telling let's them get what them to less. Do it's informed consent. No, wait, so they're telling like them that need... they have to do this. They're telling them you can't perform a, a circumcision unless you've done this but and right now like, doctors are lying to people and giving them the wrong information i don't think i mean whatever people should have the right to lie if they want but I, it's not best yeah, practice. That's a tough one. I, I agree informed consent yeah. is definitely a big issue I do for too. me obviously it's, being a medicine but i think this this one's into the territory of compelled speech and that yeah has to be the bigger issue you can't compel anyone and i get it you got to tell them the risks um but you know you can't compel doctors like this bill said the doctors have to give them like a whole massive lecture about the risks and everything that's compelled speech well thank you for the call lou it's it's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. More coming up. You can call in with whatever's on your mind.
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA News Update. A Russian military transport plane that was carrying 74 people, including 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war, crashed today in a border region near Ukraine. There were no survivors. Marijuana sales in Michigan were high last year, over $3 billion, which is higher than the alcohol sales in the state. Western China reeling from aftershocks after a 7.1 magnitude earthquake yesterday in a remote part of the country. Three people were killed, five injured, hundreds of buildings damaged. Former President Donald Trump won New Hampshire's Republican presidential primary yesterday, defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and moving him closer to a rematch with President Biden this fall. I'm Corey Myers, USA News. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... They hear you. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. 
Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com, and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number that's 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie Lori, and dingy and so in the last segment we were talking to a caller named alu and we were discussing should we should people be allowed to own nukes and i think that it's a really interesting conversation. I yeah. I don't have like it's, a strong opinion. That's the thing, and that's why I was very quiet on Sunday about it. Mm. Um, Richie Rich was very heated. He kept bringing up. He yeah, was oh, yeah. like kept dogging on uh, Dave Ridley. And luckily, um, I mean, I like that um, r- r- he has this stance, but he's extremely pro ownership all the time, and I agree well, with him that when he's talking to. Peakless Mountaineer. Yeah. Like, there was this whole argument, like, should Richie Rich be allowed to, like, hoard an area of land and just say, I want to nature preserve it? And Peakless Mountaineer was like, I should be allowed to come with guns and take it from you. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. It's it's hard, um, and especially, like... I get emotional about things, so I, I and I try to stay very logical, which I'm pretty good at doing. But I feel like being on the show with Richie Rich is nice because it's like he is so principled and hmm, will yeah. be the contrarian, even if it's not something oh, yeah. he really believes in. He will play that role, and it makes for really good conversation and debate because it's even like what you guys were talking about. So right before the break. Um, I was bringing up the circumcision bills, mm-hmm. and Bonnie and I think Alu was kind of nearing your side too oh yeah me I and Alo had talked about this yeah, okay we're... so i was like i don't want to put words in his mouth yep but i i was really glad that i even brought it up and that we had that conversation because it made me i had never even thought of that hmm. and it's sad it's like i should think about stuff like that like no we should maybe shouldn't be forcing people or doctors or hospitals whatever to give informed consent because to me like that's such a big thing in my practice that i'm like no everyone should be doing that even though everyone should be doing that, and I can hold that opinion, we shouldn't necessarily force providers to do it. So I do kind of see your side. There, um, were, there, there was this whole conversation in a, a chat I'm in with Alu, and there were libertarians that were like, oh, of course this is good, and then they changed their minds. because Yeah, cause, and that's kind of how I... I don't know if I changed my mind. I mean, I still... I still might support the bill, even if it's not super principled. I, so, and the first one sounds because, uh, more interesting to me, like taking so, away government aid. Yeah, like I don't want to pay for you to genitally mutilate your kid. Mm-hmm. That you know what I mean, like Medicaid. Hello, no. But I will say, and this is me being emotional versus logical and principled. And I don't really care. Like, I'm still going to hold this opinion, at least for right now. The reason why I support both of the bills is because there are a ton, and I kind of hold a strong opinion on circumcision. I do, at the end of the day, believe it is the parent's right to do it, especially as like a doula and 
you know, working in home birth and midwifery, like I, I kind of mind my own business because it is like kind of, it's, it's hard, but honestly, I, I do think that providers should kind of be forced to provide parents with this information because people don't research stuff. They just go with the norm and they're like mutilating their children without even knowing, like fully understanding all of the consequences because people will just do whatever. People will give all the scheduled vaccines. They'll Mm -hmm. give the vitamin K. They'll give, you know, do even do the dumb eye ointment that doesn't even do anything besides like just... You know what I mean? Like they're doing all of these things just because they're saying, yes, 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 whatever the doctor recommends, whatever the doctor recommends. Mm-hmm. But if they were to have some sort of information on it, maybe they would make a truly informed decision that I would think would be better for their child. Again, it's not my kid, so it's not really I agree my with, business, I guess. But I agree with informed consent, but I don't think that they should be trying to sway people one way or the other. Yeah, they like should it just be give bias, non-biased, facts, non-biased yeah. facts. Yeah, I don't think they should be forced into it either. Maybe like have flyers or something. Yeah, yeah. but that's that they what they out. do in New Hampshire with the vaccinations. I don't know if this is a state law, but I've seen doctors at certain hospitals um, give like a big packet of like a bunch of information. I don't know if it's just the inserts. I actually have never read it, um, but they do. At, I, I've seen them give it before. I don't know if it's required. I know there but. was a somewhere at some point, like with abortions, um, you were required to like sit and listen to a whole spiel about why you shouldn't get an abortion. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't agree with that. Me either. Like I if somebody wants one, if somebody wants one, then that's their business. And it's like they already hard enough. Like you don't need to like lay it right. thick on it. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, they should be informed of the risks. And, and, and the other thing is like, does it really it, but- do much like not just abortions, but any of these things would if you are like it's your religion and you are dead set on getting mm-hmm. a circumcision you're gonna do it you're gonna be, be like waiting for them to finish talking and then be like okay yeah i want to do it like yeah i don't really think that it would change much and then like handing you the piles of paperwork how many people have ever opened up a, a vaccine insert but probably like not as many as people who have gotten the vaccines or gotten their kids I, vaccinated. I feel like the people who are reading inserts don't need the speech yeah <laughs> and, yeah. yeah yeah there's yeah. that and then i feel like they're already open-minded enough to do their own research. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like people kind of are already committed to their decisions. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, as much as I am also, I can't like, I don't have like this really strong opinion because it's a parental rights issue in my, in my mind. Right. But I also think that circumcision is, it, it just seems terrible. It seems like you took away a choice of a human being when they were a child of how they wanted their organ to yeah, be. I mean, and it's not necessary. It's not medically necessary. It's cosmetic, it's yeah. Cosmetic it's, surgery. Um, it technically is genital mutilation. And um, Captain and I kind of had this debate uh, weeks ago or months ago um, about whether or not it was child abuse. And mm-hmm. he had a strongly held belief that it was child abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against that, right. especially if you've seen the procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, before I did any real research into it, um, well, actually, no, that's not true. I kind of already did some research into it and already had like an opinion that I wouldn't do it to my own kids. Um, in nursing school, I witnessed a circumcision and it was horrific. Mm-hmm. They literally tied the baby down to like a table 
and it was it was really traumatizing for me. And the, how long oh, does it take? It's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, but the, they use this weird contraption that's really scary. Like the whole thing, and it, it's just it's traumatic. And and they say like, oh, they don't feel it or they don't remember it. Whatever, they don't remember it. They don't but remember it in their conscious that. brain. Right. Yeah. They remember it in their bodies. Right. Years from birth to three years old are the most important developmental periods to that creates your personality and like literally develops someone into who they are going to be. So you're going to tell me that, you know, mutilating your child in one of the most sensitive parts of his body. You're telling me that that is not going to whole like that residual pain and trauma isn't going to be held in their body it absolutely is well yeah. it's held in their mind too yeah trauma as a small child is going to affect you whether you remember it or not you're going to be changed forever because of that yeah. trauma yeah yeah like nobody would argue that um kids who are very young but their parent their like parent gets abused like their dad and mom are fighting and their dad is beating their mom nobody would argue that that doesn't affect them Right. It does. Because they don't remember. It still does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Have you guys heard about the trouble with the Boeing airplanes? I they just fall apart. Yeah. I heard the Alaska (laughs) Airlines one. Yeah. Where it was like they were only in the air for like 20 minutes maybe. And Mm -hmm. they already had like really... A serious door issues. flew off, yes, or at least yeah, a window. Yeah, something, yeah. And I think it was like an escape door. door. Flew off, yeah. They were, they were just ha- they just happened to be lucky because it was an almost completely full flight, flight, and there was just this one row, and I think it's like an emergency exit door was yeah. in this row. So if you were sitting at the window seat, you would be right next to this door. They were up in the air only like ten thousand feet, which they can go up to like thirty thousand feet. Yeah. So luckily they hadn't really, really excel or, um, you know, like lifted up in the air, uh, yet. Well, the store just flew off and it's like creating a suction, like a little kid's teddy yeah. bear papers, whatever is flying out. Some kid's shirt off. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. His mom was like holding on to him. I, oh, I That's can't, I can't imagine and you'd that. think, um, I, I mean, I think it's standard procedure for them to check the entire aircraft. You would think. Before liftoff, but I guess not. I mean. This is just something, it's, it's like it wasn't open, it's just a manufacturer thing from what I understand. And um, let, let's get into it. I think that it's so scary just to think about it. And me and Lori at least have talked about how flying is scary. Now I've just gotten way more scared. It says... This is from Al Jazeera. It says, poor quality control, race for profits behind Boeing's troubles. When an Alaska Airlines Boeing 737-9 made an emergency landing in Portland on January 5th following a door plug blowing out shortly after departure, alarm bells began to ring. You don't even need an alarm bell. (laughs) Oh, my God. For Boeing, this was another incident on its 737 MAX series. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 737. And one that is, uh, it simply could not afford to happen. Across the last decade, the trust in the manufacturer from the flying public has dropped significantly. Boeing's gap in market share with rival European aircraft manufacturer Airbus a direct competitor has widened considerably following fewer orders and deliveries per year. 
Really? Because I feel like Boeing is like, if you take a flight, like you're going to be on a Boeing. That's weird like that you a say 747 that. or whatever. I don't know why, but I always see, see Airbus. Like, I don't choose specifically Airbus, but I, I feel like I'm yeah. always on an Airbus. But I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really. flown, flown that much. Just today, like, the, yeah. the nose wheel of a Boeing fell off today. What? Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. What? Like the, the part where they land. Oh, yeah. I did hear the about that. the front of the plane just fell off. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I did see that on Twitter. It says, Boeing's p- current position has been attributed to several factors including poor quality control, a race to c- secure profits, and more. Analysts and former employees that Al Jazeera spoke to pinned the decline on the company's culture, which has created a schism between management and employees on the factory floor for some time. Wow, wow. Why even do a job that People's lives are at risk if you're just like, oh, I hate the management so much. Like, quit. Get people who care. They, they have to pay appropriately for that. Hmm. That's a big that problem. to do with the... Like, they don't want to pay for good employees, but they want good employees. Hmm. You know? Are they, like, outsourcing it to other countries? I'm sure they're just underpaying the people that work there. It says, the 737 crisis being only the latest symptom of the continuing problem... Flight AS-1282 with service between Portland and Ontario departed on January 5th like any other scheduled flight. However, shortly after departure of the aircraft, a 737-9 from the Max family suffered a... Whoa, I've never seen this word. Oh, pressurization issue from the rear mid-cabin exit door plug separating. The aircraft departed Portland at... 17.06, 17.06, so 5 p.m., and reached a maximum altitude of, oh, 16,000 feet. Um, and at, so 5.13, so what is that, seven minutes later, with a descent beginning shortly after, all on board the aircraft escaped safely with minor injuries that were cleared by med- medical examiners. Dr. William Benzinger, an aviation medical examiner, told the Seattle Times that this... Had this happened at cruising altitude, more than double the altitude of when the blowout occurred, the results might have been dra- dramatically different. So, I don't know, people might have gotten sucked out or getting their eyeballs sucked out. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. I know that it's, um, so the cabin's pressurized. So, yeah, probably the vacuum, somebody might get sucked out. But I know that it's freezing, too. Oh, so, yeah. um, when you lose pressure in the cabin, the temperature drops, and that's a big problem because people will pass out. Hmm also because yeah and, and hypoxia from not having enough oxygen and like God. so you don't want your pilot passing out while you're flying well i don't even know why i watched this but one time i watched this story about this girl who she lived in like somewhere in south america and she got on board a really cheap flight with her mom and they were flying and all of a sudden the plane just basically fell apart and she's falling while strapped in her to her seat <sighs> I can't even think about it, honestly. Well, one thing that happened was her eyeballs were so bruised she could barely see. And um, I, whenever I think about that, um, like, it, it just freaks me out so bad. But also, it, that's why I thought of, like, would people's eyeballs get sucked out if it's just sucking? I don't know. <laughs> it just really freaks me like, out. Like, even just the normal pressure changes from flying, it hurts my face because I have... Um, Sinus? I got, my nose, I got my nose broken. Oh, okay. And uh, so now it's all messed up. And that hurt, like it literally hurts when they pressurize the cabin, pushes on my face, and I can feel it like 
feels like someone's crushing me. Oh my god! Oh, so gosh. I can't imagine like the depressurization totally from the cabin. That would be at thirty thousand feet. Oh my, yeah, 30, that would be feet. awful. Yeah. Ugh, that's just so so scary. So here it just says the results might have been dramatically different. Didn't get into the gory details. That night, Alaska Airlines temporarily grounded its fleet of. 65 737-9s, calling it a precautionary move. The next day, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FF, uh, the FAA, issued an emergency airworthiness directive that ensured 171 737-9s across multiple airlines with plug doors were grounded for inspections and possible maintenance. I wonder how often they are supposed to normally do that inspection or that maintenance I think they're supposed to do it before every flight. Aren't they supposed mm. to inspect and maintain the airplane between every flight? But like how deeply, like oh. there's probably just like, I would hope the whole thing, like a full on inspection. Mm. I would hope. I, I don't know. I don't know how long that takes or like what things are like, Oh, you only need to inspect it once a week. I don't know if that's a thing at all. I, I'm just spitballing here. It says the national transportation safety board has launched an investigation to determine why an exit door that is meant to be locked in place was able to blow out. Highlighting that it was not exclusively an American or Alaska Airlines problem. Alaska Airlines, and that probably sucks because their name is just getting Alaska Airlines, blah, blah, blah. But it's not really their, their fault. It's the Boeing company. So highlighting that it was not exclusively an Alaska Airlines problem, Alaska Airlines was the second airline to identify loose bolts in the inspection. Hours before... United Airlines became the first to identify loose bolts, discovering them on up to five 737-9s, according to the air current. The two airlines identifying quality issues dealt a new blow to Boeing. Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun acknowledged mistakes that are made by the manufacturer and identified the incident as a quality escape when speaking to CNBC. Calhoun noted that this describes what was found in inspections, with the loose bolts and other issues being something that escaped from the manufacturing process. Following, but it's like, okay, it was something that escaped from the manufacturing process, but how often are the people who own these planes and work at the airlines, how often are they supposed to be checking? I would think very frequently. Yeah. You would think so. So I know someone who is an airplane mechanic. I should ask them. Yeah, my brother is too in the Air Force, but it's not the same, I guess, as Yeah, I commercial. guess it's not, yeah, civilian flights. Yeah. It says, following Calhoun's comments, the FAA launched a formal investigation into Boeing's production practices and said it would look to determine if Boeing failed to ensure completed products confirmed to its approved design and were in a condition for safe operation and compliance with FAA regulations. All right, how many people does that have to go through before it gets to the intended buyer for seems all like, of that to be missed? It seems like it'd probably be a lot, because I know cars are that way. Yeah, like, I'm sure yeah. someone inspects them over and yeah. over again, like, each, each yeah, part quality as it's being... control, yeah. Yeah. At each step. Right, at each step, somebody should be inspecting things. Yeah. So how many people had to have been like, meh, whatever. It says Boeing is legally required to meet the safety standards laid out to them, and the FAA has expressed concerns about whether these are met on several occasions, even before the January 5th incident. On January 13th, Alaska Airlines announced its quality and audit team will do a thorough review of Boeing's quality and control systems. Alaska remains the only airline to announce a formal review of Boeing's internal processes. 
Wow. And here's the picture of the um, door that fell out. It's probably like six feet tall and like five feet wide. Or no, it's probably like six feet tall and like four feet wide. I don't know. It's pretty huge. I wonder where it landed. That's what I kept thinking about. Even even like the other things that flew out, like you could probably kill someone. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. when they land say, on someone's car. Yeah. If you uh, drop a penny from the Empire, yep, the top of the Empire State Building, it'll like go through someone's skull if it mm-hmm. lands on them. That's exactly so what I So imagine, thinking. I mean. So could the teddy bear do that? Probably. 16,000 I mean, feet. It would definitely kill somebody if it hit them. I mean, it really? goes so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't it, it know about a teddy bear. maximum velocity at that <laughs> yeah. point. Even think, a teddy bear? I think bear? that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's heavier well, than a penny. Well, I guess it depends on the teddy bear. It depends on the teddy bear. Because how much, like, how much loft does it have? I mean, if it's 10, like a weighted teddy bear. Well, everything has, a, like, a maximum velocity. If you drop a feather from 10,000 feet, it's not going to reach That's the same true. speed. So it depends on the density of the teddy yeah, bear. Yeah, what is and, like, the maximum of. velocity of the teddy bear? The teddy bear yeah, could yeah. totally have something plastic in it because I had this teddy bear with a little... Um, you like a Velcro thing in the back, and then you could put a battery in it because mm-hmm. it, it changed colors, and the feds ripped it open. Yeah, so like if it's weighted, it's going to reach a much higher speed than like a stuffed one. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of a funny thought experiment. Um, internally, upper management across the last decade has prioritized delivering aircraft to customers as soon as possible. Hmm. That sounds like the profit motive issue here. These targets laid out by senior executives at Boeing were deemed unrealistic by those working on the aircraft. Dang, it's like maybe you should work on or listen to those people. As a result, employees felt pressured to meet deadlines that were not possible without corners being cut. Oh my goodness, that's so bad. Now, or per a now retired Boeing employee who declined to be named and who worked with the 737 MAX and was on the floor... The immense pressure affected staff morale and work quality. Overtime was a regular occurrence across all teams to get the planes in the air as soon as possible. On several occasions, and if you're like working overtime regularly, you're probably like tired working on these freaking planes. Yeah. On several occasions, the former employee worked 10 to 12 hour days across a multi-year period in the mid to late 2010s. Longer than the typical time frame for his role of up to eight hours. These overtime shifts were followed by lengthy weekend shifts occurring for month-long periods. Wait, so he never stopped working? (laughs) He worked every single day? Before the latest quality lapses were identified, Boeing, in December 2023, requested the inspection of 737 MAX aircraft for potential loose bolts in the rudder control system. This followed an unnamed international operator reporting loose bolts during scheduled maintenance and Boeing discovering an improperly tightened nut on an undelivered jet in the same month. So I'm not sure when this was before the latest quality lapses. Oh, December 2023. So they had discovered this issue in some of their planes. Only December 2023. At that that point, it's like, why not like put out a notification to everyone who owns one of your 737 maxes and get them to check that yeah you think that'd be like any recall for a car Mm -hmm. quality issues also appeared in august 2023 when boeing found an issue involving spirit aero systems one of its key suppliers these quality drops were traced back to holes on the aft pressure bulkhead that were improperly drilled as reported by the air current 
Boeing's drop in quality has been attributed to several factors. For the 737 MAX, a race to compete with Airbus in their A320 Neo. Oh my god, what a name. It's like a um, Elon Musk child name. <laughs> now, uh, they saw this aircraft launched on a fuselage that analysts argued had reached its limitations. A culture already on the downturn only increased as the disconnect between staff on the floor and in the offices grew. And this is kind of like a conversation we we're having with a caller like uh, last week where this guy was like, oh, I hate my bosses because and I, and I don't want to put words in his mouth. But basically to summarize, he was like, I hate my bosses because I do all the work and they just tell me what to do. Yeah. Kind of sounds like what was happening at Boeing. And it, it actually impacted people's lives and it could continue to impact people's lives if people don't pay more attention to the airplanes they own. 603-283-6160. Call in with whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain. Until one day, the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day, Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327. 